Welcome, apprentices and acolytes, to our podcast here, Unlock the Knowledge. It's so good to see you. Today we're going to be talking about the Thrawn and Ahsoka live action series Rumors, Project Maverick, and Jedi Temple Challenge. Ready up, my destiny. So first off, I hope everybody is doing well. I know that there's so much going on, and I just want to say, stand up what you believe in, and please be safe out there. Thank you so much. So, as always, I feel like this is always a thing where we're talking about now is rumors, rumors, rumors. And there seems to be so many rumors about the Mandalorian series and all these series, apparently, that are going to be in the works. And the most recent series that I got to say that we're probably going to have, it seems like there's going to be some Thrawn series. And I don't know if this is going to be a live action series because, again, this is all rumors. But the difference between a lot of these rumors is that there's so much, there's so much talk happening. And I feel like it's really weird because I've not seen so many Star Wars, Star Wars rumors in, I don't know, ever. It's the first time that I've really honestly seen this. I think there was, in the beginning, when The Force Awakens was launched, or at least it was being announced that Episode 7 had already been under production and things like that and then of course when the characters all got together and the actors all got together and they started doing the the script reads um there was also other rumors of you know one-off series happening of course that's what we got with rogue one there was also supposed to be a seven samurai-esque type of movie um which i guess you could say is rogue one but this one was supposed to be about jedi there was just so many rumors um but i still believe that it was nowhere near as many rumors as we're getting exposed to today. In Ahsoka live action, we've talked about uh, at least two or three times on the podcast, and I've talked about it just about three or four times on my YouTube channel. And it's honestly insane to even think that Ahsoka and Thrawn would get a live action series. We also have a Star Wars Rebels series. It's going to be a sequel series, and I'm assuming that's supposed to be with Ezra Bridger, Sabine Wren, Thrawn, and everything that's going on. Thrawn also has his prequel trilogy, I guess you could say, of his books that are supposed to be getting a lot of, like, I think that they're actually coming out very soon. I think in August or something like that, September. And I think that was uh, quicker than they were supposed to come out, which is pretty awesome because so many things have been getting postponed. But Thrawn is amazing. Thrawn is easily one of my favorite characters. I think Thrawn, aside uh, before the new movies, Thrawn was probably one of the top five characters that had been the most popular Star Wars characters outside the movies. You know, with like, uh, excuse me, uh, Luke Skywalker, excuse me, not Luke Skywalker, uh, like Revan and Matrix Surik and Kreia, you know, and all these, and, and Starkiller, you know, all these characters from video games and books and things like that. Uh, and, and he was absolutely up there because of the Heir to the Empire trilogy, which a lot of diehard Expanded Universe uh, expanded universe fans really believe that this character uh, was so amazing because of that trilogy he was in, which a lot of them thought was the actual sequel trilogy, I guess you could say, the original sequel trilogy of the original trilogy of Star Wars. And so we have Thrawn now who's been canon for a while, ever since they brought him in 
in Star Wars Rebels. And it's so good to see because I love Thrawn. He's just so unique from so many of the characters that we get to see. So many Force sensitives, and he's not a Force sensitive. He's someone who's a grand tactician, and that's what's so great about it, right? How can this work? What is the thing? How is this going to be... How are they going to, to, to bring him in? You know? Because that's the one thing that I really have no idea what's going to happen is, can it work? Can you have Thrawn in a live-action series? Who is going to play Thrawn? Right? That's the biggest thing is, who is going to play Thrawn? And I don't know. Because I feel like you can't really give him a random character, you can't, actor, you can't give him a regular voice. His voice is so, ah, it's, 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 it's so different. You know, everything about Thrawn is just aura. Like, he has a certain type of tone, he, there's a certain type of standard. He's, he's, he's another Darth Vader character, right? And what I mean by Darth Vader is just someone that is literally the zenith of who they are. They, as soon as you enter, they are the elephant in the room. You are always going to know this character. You know, he has blue skin. He is a chiss. You know, that's the type of race that he is. The way he talks, the way he stands, everything about his his music, you know? The, the music that they play in Star Wars Rebels, I feel like I can't hear anything different from that that is Thrawn, you know? Uh, there's no way. And it's crazy to me that we're getting so close to so many things that are that, that have the possibility of happening. Uh, because at this point, I feel like just about everybody has an appearance in Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, you know, I'm in it, you are in it, everybody's in the Mandalorian Season 2. Apparently it's been confirmed. You know, everybody is. And what I mean, well, jokingly, what I mean by that is just there's so many characters like Sabine Wren, there's so many characters like Harrison Duo, like Bosk, like Boba Fett, you know, the, the list goes on. The list goes on of so many characters, including Ahsoka, and I feel like that is the craziest thing. That is the, the weird... Only time will tell. And that's the thing, is only time will tell what's going to be happening. But either way, I feel like it's exciting because there's just so many opportunities and there's so many paths, there's so many different routes that the Star Wars universe can go with all of these series. And... Where would the Thrawn series take place? Because we, if there, if there actually is going to be a Rebel series that's going to take place after the fact, looking for Ezra Bridger, trying to figure out where him and Thrawn are, I just can't, I can't for the life of me, feel like you're going to do that while also doing a Thrawn series. Is it going to be uh, during the time of the Empire? You know, is it going to be uh, coinciding with? Uh, everything that happened with Rebels, I, I guess that they, they could do that. I feel like that would be the safe thing is like maybe make it inside the Empire, show him behind the lines of what happened with his, uh, you know, the, with the book and everything. But uh, it's it's still so weird to me because you're going to do that, and you're also going to have literally some of the most important parts of Thrawn's timeline, his entire life that's in the books. And that's also in Star Wars Rebels and this possibly new series that's going to be come out. Wouldn't you want to see something new, live action, that you've never seen before as a continuation of a story? Not something that you've already known. And I know that's weird to say because, you know, we already have Solo. Uh, we already have Rogue One. 
We already have the prequels. You know, we already knew what that story was going to end up as. And it's possible. You know, Revenge of the Sith, I still, to this day, I know what's going to happen. And I still get really excited and crazy about what's going to happen with Anakin Skywalker, you know? But I feel like you, you, you potentially lose a lot of value, right? You lose a lot of value when the story already has the ending that you know. You know, walking into Rogue One, I felt like you already were going to understand that all these characters were going to die, right? Because you know, you already know. You already know what happens. They get the Death Star plans. You already know what happens to the Death Star plans. And none of these characters are anyone that you know, right? So, if you're going to do something with Thrawn, I feel like if it's actually going to be a live-action series... It's going to have to be something that's into the future. And it's going to be weird because uh, Thrawn, at the end of that trilogy, at the end of, excuse me, at the end of Star Wars Rebels, he's, I want to say, middle-aged. Uh, but he's a Chiss, so who knows how long he can actually live. Um, we'll see. It really is, we will see. I just hope that with Star Wars Rebels and their continuation of that story, and Ahsoka, uh, I would love to see them fight something else. I would love to see them have to deal with something else. I would love to see them adopt Thrawn's conflict with his people. Because at the end of Star Wars Rebels, you know, they disappear. They're in uncharted space. So Ezra Bridger isn't an enemy at that point. The Empire is destroyed. Who knows what could have happened? I personally feel like it that's almost to Thrawn's design, right? Is that and maybe if it's not to his design, it's probably worked out even better for Thrawn. Because now he doesn't have to deal with the Empire. He can go and be with the Chiss Ascendancy. He's already made the Chiss Ascendancy so strong because of the recruits that he's given them. You know? With Eli Vantu, it's and and now arguably he has a Jedi, Vanessa Bridger, who's very young, uh, some potential. So, I can't imagine that Thrawn has lost that battle, you know. But we'll see what happens with Ahsoka and Rex and all of them doing this thing. Um, I'm very excited to see where this goes, and I hope at the very least that we have some type of ground and, and uh, grounding and understanding in the Star Wars community as we go forward with these characters because these characters can only be written so many times before they are watered down, you know? We don't want to overuse them. We don't want to that value to stunt, you know? Uh, that would be the most... That, that's the most heartbreaking thing, was, is when it slowly just loses its durability, loses its value, you know? Um, it's, it's, not, it's not a fun thing when you use a character so often. And, and I feel like that happens with Darth Vader. What, not necessarily on the, on the screen, but it happens when so, alright, we're going to make a movie and we're going to bring in Darth Vader. Alright, well, all right, well, we saw him in Rogue One. You know, he's got the Vader comics. He's in Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, it's like your get-out-of-jail card, you know? Um, 
how long before Darth Vader stops being Darth Vader, you know? Uh, and that's my thing. You don't want to do that with all these characters. You want to make sure that you can continuously give them value. I feel like that's why the Mandalorian did so well. So with Ron and Ahsoka, let's make sure we use them as best as we can. And I don't think Ahsoka is going to be... Her fire is definitely not going out anytime soon. Neither, neither is Thrawn. I feel like Thrawn is also just beginning to because I don't think he's necessarily been exposed um, or maybe even in, uh, introduced to the grand view of all Star Wars fans you know, that watch the movies. So I feel like uh, giving, that, giving him a live-action series uh, might make his character skyrocket to the topic. You know, that would be really amazing. But eh, all in the end, I feel like there's so much to look forward to right now with these live action series. And I hope that we finally get some actual confirmation of everything that's going on. So let's do this. Pretty crazy week. Honestly, pretty crazy week. It's been a pretty crazy 2020 and it's June and my birthday's coming up um, in about a week. It's about 10 days. So it's it's insane. There are protests, and there's there's actually looting down the road for me and stuff, and uh, it's sad to see uh, people like that take advantage, you know, of a very important movement that's happening. Um, but, you know, um, at the end of the day, uh, let's look out for each other, let's keep each other cool and safe, and hopefully we can keep talking about Star Wars. And one of the things uh, that's actually been pushed back, or at the very least is scheduled this week, to be revealed is Project Maverick. And I never saw Top Gun. And I'm assuming this is what the project codename is, Maverick. I believe that's the main character uh, Tom Cruise plays in, in Top Gun. Uh, which I also think has a... I think the movie... I don't know if the movie was pushed back or if the movie's going to be coming out soon or whatnot. But he has a new movie coming out for, for Top Gun as well. And so this Star Wars game... Seems like it's been in works for a little bit. We had talked about it, ooh, one of the early podcasts that I had made, and I think it's actually the most talked about podcast of mine so far. Uh, it's the most reached and has the most, it has the best analytics, which is cool. So I want to talk about that because it's supposed to be revealed on the 9th. That's a, in a couple of days. And I don't necessarily know what type of video game this is supposed to be? A lot of people think that it's going to be a fighter simulator, right? For starships and X-Wings and TIE fighters, you know, jets, things like that. Something like Star Citizen, you know, or Ace Combat. And I feel like that is pretty freaking cool. I'd be down for a... Star Wars, you know, it, it's, it's like that old X-Wing game, you know, the Star the Starfighter pilot. And that's pretty cool. I would love that. Now, the reason why I say um, everything, why this is so good, you know? Um, I believe that this is a good opportunity for EA or Star Wars to get back on track with video games because imagine a game that has that ability to to put you into the cockpit of a TIE fighter or an X-Wing. Um, that is also like open world, 
you know, or, or grand. And I feel like that's where a lot of these video games stop. Is because Star Wars is also about space. Star Wars is also about exploration, you know. And I feel like we do not get that part of Star Wars very often. We always get the on-the-ground boots in the ground, running around with, you know, open-world-ish, you know, giant maps, conquests, you know, all the guns, all the armor, all the eras. But we never really get that much of the starfighter side, of the space side, of the exploration side, of the star destroyer side, of the medical frigates, you know, Mon Calamar frigates, you know, those those are the things that are, are easily the coolest, you know, and I love that. I, I really hope and I believe that this could be the brand new thing for Star Wars. But what actually has me so excited about that is there's a, a new team that's doing this, and I think they're called EA Motive, and I think they just had their Twitter created, and they were recently posted, and shouted out to, they had a quote tweet to give them some exposure, and, and one of the game writers, I think who I think works for Kotaku or some something like that, and he had quoted the tweet, and he said, hey, looks like someone's going to be announcing a new game. And then there was a, pl a reply, which I think was either from the Twitter itself that was saying that they were going to announce a new game, or from one of the devs, and they replied with Tom Cruise Maverick and, 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 his, and, his, and, his, and his hat, his helmet, right? Um, and I think he was inside of his cockpit. So I feel like that is a huge indication that this is going to be a fighter pilot, star pilot, X-Wing genre type of game. There was also a while back when this was, I think it leaked on the on the Europe PS PlayStation Store, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think it actually leaked that there was a Project Maverick Star Wars game and it actually had a profile picture of a concept art that had a really cool looking Star Destroyer and a couple little X-Wings that were trying to like uh, move into it uh, in their little formation and then there was like a volcano-like planet destruction that resembled Mustafar and a lot of people thought that well that was the indication that this was going to be a fighter pilot game, a simulator and um, I, I really feel like it is, you know uh, there's uh, people talk a lot about rumors but it's so hard to keep something behind closed doors. Like, I don't know how Mandalorian did it with, with Baby Yoda. I have no idea how they did it. It's insane to me that they were able to do that. But everything else, honestly, just has been everything that I've heard. Especially from the people that I talk to. Especially from the, from the people that I follow on social media. Uh, I can't honestly say that they're wrong. They usually are on tabs or a communication with someone who knows something. That's just how it works these days. It's so easy to have someone slip through something. And I really believe that this is going to be a game like that. I think that concept art was literally... That was that was slipped. They, they uploaded that. That social media is brand new. They only follow two or three people. I think they only have maybe like 2,000 followers. I think as soon as this... I think that as soon as this 
gets revealed, they're going to blow up. <sighs> but will it succeed? Will this game be something worth putting your money towards? I believe so. I I think so. I think that this game is going to be solid because this EA Motive was actually a, uh, a supporting dev team. Uh, they helped out with uh, one of the Star Wars games, but the one that I know for sure that they absolutely helped out with was Battlefront 2, and they did a lot, uh, if not most, of the campaign for the story. And as we know, I absolutely felt like, aside, you know, what the heck happened with Iden <laughs> Versio and her actually being all Imperial, which she wasn't, she actually literally defected over to the Rebellion within two two or three missions, which was ridiculous. Um, and I love the character. I, I think I think the character is fine. I thought the story was fine aside that, you know, aside getting lied to <laughs> by by EA. Um, I felt like everything else graphically, you know, the way the game had moved as a story, which is kind of clunky. Um, I felt like it was all right. I felt like it was okay. You know, if if it's a, if it's a Star Wars game that's brand new and 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 they're doing something that they've been doing, you know, like Battlefront, you got to understand Battlefront was not the greatest game. Battlefront 2 was not the greatest game. But they were also helping out with DICE. That was DICE's game, right? So if they have been literally supporting supporting other dev teams, and this is like their first like try into their actual own game, I think I want to give them a chance. I think I want to give them a, a really good chance into this type of game. I just can't. I, what I what I really want is scale. Okay, do you understand what that word means? That is scale is literally how big realistically things are. If you can give me the scale of how big star destroyers are that literally have about ten to thirty thousand people on board of them, give me an X wing. You know, let me uh, like. I think I talked about it in my podcast a while back, is let me be in an X-Wing and or a TIE Fighter. Let me be in an X-Wing and jump out of high, not get jump out of a of my Rebellion frigate hangar and start to make my descent uh, into planet side and then I'm cut off by, uh, by an Imperial Star Destroyer blockade. And I want you to envision that. So I want you to picture the deep dark vastness of space, that grand star ocean. And I want you to pick any planet, any planet that you love in Star Wars, okay? And then let's do let's do a, let's do a, let's do something like Elum, right? So Elum is a beautiful planet, snowy planet. That's where the Jedi found their kyber crystals, you know. It ultimately turned into Starkiller Base. And let's say uh, the rebellion is going to go stop the Emperor from getting Kyber Crystals. So we need to go to Elum, right? So we go to Elum, and as we're going there to help secure everything, that, everything that's going on, and then boom. Right out of the blue. Boom, boom, boom. Here come the Star Destroyers. It's a trap. Now I want you to picture... Being in your X-Wing, your personalized X-Wing, and you you got the red squad, you know, blue squad, green squad, 
whatever squad that you want to be in and 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 you're able to customize your helmet you know put all these really cool increment designs on it you know you got your bazaar card you know you, uh, everything there you got your twilight girl on the side spray painted on your x-wing you know because that's how everybody does it which is crazy <laughs> blue or green take your pick <laughs> you know um uh you you and then you're sitting there and you're all ready to kick some imperial butt and then all of a sudden here come the here come four star destroyers and then a and then one super star destroyer and that is hovering right above you and as you are slowly reacting to it the shadow envelops your entire rebel fleet like literally the shadow of the super star destroyer and the star destroyers envelop you um there's a certain there's a cer- certain silent hum to the star destroyers you know they're very chromatic imperialistic metallic color with that slight light blue that they have very light very subtle blue of the imperial lights in the hangar um that's what i want let me do that and then of course here come the swarm of the tie fighters you know <laughs> here come the swarm of the tie fighters and the tie bombers uh and then of course the just the the super star destroyers just raining hell on on all of you and i man i i really will one day love i really love i would really love for that to happen like that is the type of video game that i could play for hours give me a really good story right give me a solid amazing story i would have to buy that on pc uh, i would have to buy that on pc i feel like i would just so i can experience it correctly and also give me if not open world i want something complex enough that i can enter every single starship's hangar you know i want to pull some kylo ren ish i want to pull some revenge of the sith obi-wan and anakin flying into the capital ship of general grievous's hangar you know i think that'd be really cool i think that'd be really cool like i think that would be the coolest thing you know i don't know if it can get like so deep like star citizen is when they have like how everything they have their float stuff and they have their pilot stuff and the ship stuff you know but i would love to see something like that where we can get a video game here where we can do a fighter simulator where we're flying in flying into the hangars you know you have to you're able to i don't know maybe like pick up your ships and and things like that or it could be strategy you know that's another thing too it could absolutely be strategy and i would love a strategy game cuz strategy games are huge strategy games are so cool just let me uh let me look at everything you know from a star destroyer standpoint you know let me look at everything from the the cockpit of an x-wing or a tie fighter you know i think there's already one called empire at war and that's pretty sick too you know i i love those games just give me something that we have never gotten before. I feel like there's so many games in Star Wars that that they made before and they really didn't get to see the light of day because just how everything worked, you know? 
yeah, it's uh, pretty, pretty fun stuff. And I honestly get, I kind of hate theory crafting about video games, but it's the craziest thing to me why a lot of these games just haven't been done yet. Why? Hopefully, by the end of the week, we'll get some type of revelation. We'll get some details that'll be released. And we can talk about that even more. Because I would love... I would love not to just continuously theorycraft and speculate. You know? It's not a fun thing. I don't like influencing people and, and wanting them to have something and they never get it. Including myself. You know, I've... I get so hyped, especially when I see trailers, because my imagination is so vast, so large, and I can't control it a lot of the times. So it just tears off when I see live-action trailers or trailers of something that I really enjoy. So I would like, at the very least, to get some type of whatever. Give me it. You know, I, wa I want to know it all. Let's talk about Jedi Temple Challenge. So Jedi Temple Challenge is actually going to be a gaming show. And I love that. I love that the gaming show thing is going on because, uh, I don't know, anybody like used to watch like Legends of the Hidden Temple, Double Dare, Guts, uh, things like that. Those were some of the coolest games. And I think almost like Ninja Warrior, right? Ninja Warrior, Ninja Warrior I think was really big back in like 2007, 2008. I used to watch it quite a bit. Nagano I think was the one guy that I really liked. I think everybody really liked Nagano. Um, and he was the, uh, he was the sailor who, like, lived on his boat and just climbed around his boat forever and ever. Uh, and Ninja Warrior was always such a cool thing to watch before, uh, it kind of came over, over, over here. And, I don't know, it just, uh, it just wasn't as cool, I felt like. I don't know, something about the original feel of watching it, and then, of course, the original obstacle course and all that hype to it. Um, I don't know if it still goes on, but if it does, I'll probably continue to watch it. And I think it was awesome. I loved it. I loved it so much. And uh, here we're getting our own version of that. We're getting Ahmad Best, who is actually the actor for Jar Jar Binks. He's going to be hosting this entire Jedi Temple Challenge. And don't worry, you know, I know there's a lot of people that really don't like Jar Jar. And I get that. I understand. Um, but I hope that at the very least, you know, we can come to, you know, be mature and just be okay with the character and things like that. Uh, especially when you realize who Ahmad Best is. Uh, and like you can only just like hope and and want more for him because I feel like he deserves so much more and, and all the ridicule that he went you know the, the guy practically threw himself uh, you know he was so close to throwing himself off the Brooklyn Bridge because of that you know and he, you know he's got family he's got kids and everything now um, and it's so it's so good to see him be okay recover from that because you know that's it's, it's a very dark place and no one uh, no one should ever have to Live that and experience that. And it's ultimately why I'm so happy to see him get this opportunity to do this because he's a Jedi. He's a Jedi as the host. And his character actually has some type of uh, relationship or relation uh, uh, with Mace Windu and the character in um, uh, his character that he played in Star Wars Attack of the Clones, which is a character that was in one of the uh, Coruscant, <laughs> under the Coruscant bars, where Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker attack the, uh, the Jango Fett higher bounty hut, the, the Changeling. So, um, I think it's, I think it's so cool that, 
uh, they're doing this. We don't know like where in the timeline his character is set to exist, but he's basically canon. He's basically canon. Uh, and I love that because they're giving him a lot of creative freedom. And he's done so many things, you know. I think he still works uh, with uh, Frank Oz, too, uh, with a lot of the Unreal stuff and the uh, puppeteer stuff and, the, and, the, and everything that's going on with their VR thing. Um, but it's pretty cool to see him go able on and, and to do this and to do this entire Jedi challenge. And basically, it's exactly what it is. They're going to be taking kids who are Padawans, pretty much. And or they're becoming Padawans, you know, they're younglings and they end up getting their lightsabers as which I'm assuming is what this what the what the show is for. They they are training them and then <laughs> they are training them. And then I think at the end when they pass all the tests and they listen to everything and they do all the obstacles, uh, they become they 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 construct their lightsaber and they become Jedi, you know. So, it's pretty cool. I think that every single... I mean, dude, growing up as a kid, I would have wanted to be in that. Oh my god, if that was... Uh, if that was in there, I would have absolutely loved... I would have been... I would have obsessed over that show. I would have obsessed over that show. There's no way in heck I would have not obsessed over that show. I would have done everything I possibly could. Like... I don't know, <laughs> ran over there, sent mail over there, watched it every single day when I could have, you know, that's, that, I feel like that's so close. I mean, it, it, I'm an adult and I want to be on that. I mean, I don't know if I can, you really, I, I don't know if I am an adult, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the age of an adult, but I still watched and talk about Star Wars all the time, you know? Um, but yeah. It's, I'm hoping that we get a lot of these shows because I don't know if it was because everything's going on or YouTube got the deal, but uh, YouTube it ended up getting this as kind of like an exclusive thing for them. In, but when it was announced initially, it was supposed to be on Disney+. Plus, and it's, I don't know if it's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Maybe it will be later. Uh, but it's only on YouTube right now. And uh, I mean, I kind I get it. I get it. I get it, right? I get it because not everybody can afford a subscription and i know like however much disney plus is i think it's only like 7.99 or something like that maybe a little bit more but i know for a fact that there are people out there who can't afford that i absolutely you know have been one of those people and i think it's really smart because youtube is the second greatest search engine in the world there is a lot of exposure it's literally you know, it, it literally uh, loses to Google. Like, it's in second place. You know, like, that's huge. That is such a huge point of exposure. And, you know, I, 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 you know, I have a family who has a lot of young people. Um, my, my girlfriend, she has a lot of young people in her family. And most of these kids, they all have iPads. They all have phones. They all have some type of device where they're always on YouTube. And if they're not on YouTube, they're playing Roblox. They're playing Minecraft. They're playing Fortnite. You know, they're doing all these things. But when they're not doing that, they go straight to YouTube. And I see them watch so many videos that they have no business watching. They just they just watch. They go on autoplay and they just watch. And the algorithm just takes them on this path to watching people eat candy with asthma and it's really weird and you know <laughs> and and then they also watch like uh animated 
like uh, animated like comics and things like that, and, and these little uh, I don't know what they're, what they're called, but they're like comics and illustrations that, that are also animated subtly with like text, and you know, and then they watch actual like YouTubes of like personalities, big personalities, um, and then of course they watch the occasional like Star Wars things, you know, uh, and and I feel like. That's right, this is right up their alley. This is something that they're actually going to you know, put their notifications on and they're going to want to watch. And if it's weekly episodic, that's perfect. That's so good because it's actually something that's like 15, 20 minutes long. Uh, hopefully longer. I'm hoping that it's like... I'm, I'm, well, I mean, I would love for it to be an hour, but it's not. It's probably going to be like 22 minutes, right? Um, and I would love for, for kids to get into it because, honestly, if the kids can't get into it, then the kids aren't going to get excited for Star Wars. If there's one thing that can get them excited for, for Star Wars... It's shows, it's, it's, it's toys, you know, video games, and this. And this is like all those things combined because they get to live in it, you know? They get to have the opportunity to maybe try out, you know, to go to this, get the opportunity for it, get their own lightsaber, things like that, you know? And, and I feel like so many kids would love that opportunity. So many adults love that opportunity. Yeah, and I'm not just the only one who's going to do that. You watch that trailer and you love Star Wars, I guarantee you, you're going to want to beat the heck out of these kids and get your own lightsaber, you know? <laughs> like, get out of my way. I'm, I'm my best. Train me, you know? Um, uh, it's, it's beautiful to see so many young kids get the opportunity to have these things because I don't think there was ever a thing like this uh, when I was growing up, you know? And you always know about what the Mickey, what is the Mickey Mouse World thing where, like, they have all these, I can't remember what the heck it's called. Mickey's Club? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but there's something where Mickey Mouse, you know, that you have all the Nickelodeon stuff. Uh, maybe Cartoon Network had, had done stuff, too, you know. Uh, and then, of course, you see other stuff, too, like Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. Uh, now there's so many things, too, like Mass Singer, and then there's... Uh, what else that was, like, kind of... So there's uh, uh, America's Got Talent, you know, all these... X Factor, all these, all these things. Um, and it's cool to see something like that. But for Star Wars and, and for kids, uh, the closest thing that I've seen to that has been the uh, Padawan, the, the Become a Padawan or something like that. And that's in Hollywood Studios in Orlando, Florida. And I think it m might also be in California. And the kids love that. The kids do that too. But it's not, it's not really like a, like a game show. You know, I think you have to give everything back. You... you you're not really training. You have, of course, Darth Vader that confronts you, Kylo Ren, you know, and it's a little show, and it's cute. But there's just so many kids that are, are overlooked. Uh, yeah, you get your, like, minute of fame and, and whatever, but this is way more personal. You know, like, you're actually trying to be a Jedi. You know, you're actually trying to... <laughs> oh, I saw this, like, little scene. It looks like you're actually trying to, you know, deflect against the dark side and not succumb to it, you know? Um, and I love that. I love it. I, I can't wait to see all these little kids who are super stoked about the dark side and then, like, just, you know, they, they go against the script and they're like, yeah, give me that dark side holocron, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I would love to see that. Anyway, fam, uh, I hope you all enjoy this podcast today. Thank you so much. Um, every single week at 7 or 8 p.m., 7 p.m. 
on Sunday. I hope you enjoy it. And make sure you follow me on YouTube and TikTok and Twitter, alright? May the force forever serve you. Deuces.